Hey pals, it's Stephanie. Welcome back to the Keto Success Podcast, a show dedicated to doing the deeper work on your keto journey. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey pals, welcome back to another episode of the Keto Success Podcast. If you are a weekly podcast listener, first of all, thank you very much. If you have subscribed to the show, I really appreciate it. That helps my show out. But I also want to apologize for the fact that there was no episode last week. I spent some time with my family at the cottage for a weekend and essentially came back with no voice, which makes it a bit challenging to record a podcast. My voice is almost all the way back to normal, and I figured it's good enough. I really have this topic on my heart, and I really want to pour into it. So I'm going to do my best, and I really hope that this episode helps and resonates with some of you. I know that this is a topic that shows up with so many of my coaching clients, and that is this idea around food FOMO. And if you don't know what FOMO is, this was a term that came out around 2004, and it essentially is the fear of missing out. And when we apply this to food within a keto lifestyle, this is those moments where we feel as if we're missing something because we're not eating carbs and sugar, we're not overindulging, we're not celebrating and having all of the foods And it can be really challenging. It can feel like we are giving up a lot. It can feel like we're giving up moments. We're giving up moments of connection with our family. We're giving up certain flavors and textures and the sugars and some of the foods that we have come to know and love throughout our lives. Foods that we have used to comfort us in moments where we feel distress or sad or stress or anger or boredom or any of the emotions. We have been conditioned for so long to turn to food as a way to cope with all of this. And it can even feel like food's kind of our last resort to really activate those dopamine centers and to really have our brain experience the highs and the instant gratification that we get from eating these foods. And when we shift into living a keto lifestyle, it can feel like we're giving these things up and it can feel like we're missing out. And it is absolutely something that a lot of people are worried about and afraid of when they start or continue on their keto journey. I mean, When you think about it, it really makes sense in terms of living a keto lifestyle because here we are limiting the amount of carbs and sugar we are including in our diet and that we've included in our diet for most of our lives. It really has this feeling about it where we believe we'll never get to eat these things again. Some thoughts that we might have in our head when it comes to food FOMO could include, if I don't eat this now, I might never get to eat it again, or I'll start my diet on Monday, so I better eat all this food over the weekend before I'm not allowed to eat it anymore, 
or everyone else is eating it and I just want to feel included. Or it could even just be, I've never tried this before and I'm curious about what it tastes like. There are so many ways in which this can impact our keto journey and it's just so prevalent and so common. The things that really drive food FOMO are social media, marketing, food trends. There are always new things popping up that seem so tempting and advertisers are constantly there to remind us that this one certain unhealthy food is going to be the thing that brings you so much joy in your life. It's constant. You can't drive past a billboard, turn on a TV, scroll through your phone without seeing foods that are going to elicit this activated place in your brain that's going to make you want to crave these things. Because we've done it before, our brain's experienced it before, our brain is always trying to be efficient and it's always trying to look out for things that are going to give it that instant hit of dopamine and things that are going to feed into that instant gratification versus delayed gratification that will actually serve us long-term. Food FOMO is also really driven by our past dieting attempts, our dieting behaviors, the patterns we fall into. If you are a person that resonates with feeling like you're kind of an all or nothing, you get stuck in that all or nothing mindset, that all or nothing cycle, well, it's very clear that our mind believes that we'll never be allowed to eat that food again. And it's often when we go into our keto lifestyle believing that this is going to just be so restrictive that we in turn end up craving certain foods more. And it becomes kind of this vicious cycle of binging and restricting and flip-flopping on and off keto. And this all or nothing approach really can hinder because we believe, we so strongly believe that we are just going to miss out on all of these incredible things, even though it's only going to be in that moment. It's not actually going to serve us. It's not going to help us achieve our health goals, our weight goals, balance our hormones, decrease inflammation, and all of the incredible things that keto will serve you with and will allow you to do. It really is this conditioned thought pattern that we have that we believe we'll never be able to enjoy these things again. And another reason that we can experience food FOMO is through our family history. If we come from a family where food was scarce as a child, maybe we missed meals because there wasn't enough to eat or we didn't eat all the food on our plate or whatever the messaging we received as children around food can lead to the development of this scarcity mindset and that these resources, this food is finite and there's not enough for everyone. And having this scarcity mindset around food can lead to symptoms of food FOMO because we believe we'll miss out if we don't eat the food right away. If you identify with maybe being a bit of a people pleaser where you feel obligated to eat certain things just to maintain the status quo around you, 
can also be based from our family history, or if we just believe that the only way that we'll feel connected to those around us is if we are eating the exact same things on their plates, then that can cause a lot of internal chaos and a lot of internal discomfort where eating the thing just feels like the right or easiest thing to do versus standing in our own power and making choices that truly do serve our own goals and our own intentions. There are so many facets to this, which is why I really wanted to shine a light on this topic because in one way, shape, or form, we all experience it in our own way. And it's on us to learn how we are going to navigate through those situations so that we are making those choices that do align with what we want for ourselves, for our own healing journey, our own health journey, our own weight loss journey. It really is on us to shine a light on the patterns that we fall into regularly so that we can start to become more aware of how we respond in those situations, because that will always be our choice. It's really fascinating the hold and emotional power food has over us. If we see people around us eating ice cream and pizza and chips, and we're not, we feel deprived. We automatically feel deprived. And we feel like we should be eating it too, like we're missing out on something. And to make things worse, oftentimes, friends and family continuously push these foods on us, insisting that we're missing out on something so great if we don't become active food participants right alongside them. We feel almost compelled to partake in eating these things, even if it goes against what we actually want for ourselves. And... You know, it's so common for people to really demonize the idea that I should not celebrate with food, that I shouldn't, you know, have the piece of cake at the birthday party or whatever it is, that that's wrong. But let's take a moment and really think about it. And it's what we've been doing our entire lives. Every celebration, every family get together, every holiday is so food focused. So it's not wrong of us to experience these feelings. It's not wrong of us to have this belief system around food. However, it is also on us to really ground in with ourselves, really acknowledge what it is we truly want for ourselves, and remember why this keto journey is meaningful for us in the first place. What is it gonna afford me on the other side of this? How proud of myself am I going to feel for making my best choice, regardless of what's going on around me? And even with our own conditioning aside, human beings as a species are pack animals. We are designed to work together and to feel connected and to roam and thrive in small groups. This all dates back to caveman times. This is the evolution of the human brain. Our ancestors developed this out of the necessity to be aware of new food sources 
all the time, needing to be aware of where are we getting water, needing to be aware of threats for ourselves and for our tribe and the groups we belong to. And missing out on something like food really could have meant life or death. And how innocent of us that this behavioral survival mechanism is still in our minds. Even though in a modern day society, we don't have to worry about these things so much. We have an overabundance of food now and we have safety, but this combination of our primal brain with our conditioned minds and our past dieting attempts really does create this perfect storm that makes us feel like we are missing out if we are not consuming all the foods just like everybody else. And what's even more fascinating is when we feel like we are being left out of the group because we are making different food choices can cause some individuals to fire off a stress response in our brain. This is when we get that FOMO feeling. We're legitimately psychologically distressing ourselves. And oftentimes this appears when maybe we're at a restaurant and we're going to make a keto choice. We're going to, you know, do a bunless burger and a Caesar salad with no croutons, please. And that can cause some anxiety to bubble up within us, especially if we're at a table where everyone's just eating every option out there. We suddenly feel like the odd one out. We feel like there's a light shining on us. We feel uncomfortable. We feel like, why can't I just eat like that? Why do I have to be doing this diet? We feel like it's not fair or that everyone else is eating that and I want to eat it too. This creates this stress response within us. We believe in that moment out of fear that that healthier choice will be no match in satisfaction compared to the more junk food option. And our brain remembers that junk food option. It says, hey, remember, we love that thing over there. We've had it so many times. We will feel so great if we just ordered it. But this is where we really need to catch ourselves. This is where we need to say, I see you, brain. You're being really cute and innocent there, but I'm going to ground into my intentions and what I truly want for myself. Take some deep breaths. Practice a pause and simply ask, is that true? Is it true that having that junk food is going to make me feel so much better? Is it true that I'm going to miss out if I don't have the same food as everyone else? Is it true that I'll suddenly be less connected to the people sitting right beside me if I'm just not eating the same things as them? Is that true? And from there, we are now able to make a choice coming from a conscious place. Whether you choose to have the higher carb thing, that is irrelevant. The fact is we are doing it from a conscious place. Without the shame, without the judgment, without the worry or the regret, we are either consciously choosing to have that food or we are consciously choosing a keto-friendly option that aligns with what we truly want for ourselves, not just in that moment. And it takes practice. Like I said, 
These are conditioned thoughts. These are conditioned patterns. This is our primal brain at work. And it takes practice. It takes conscious effort. It's developing a skill to say no thank you to what no longer serves you and lean into what actually will serve you and will make you feel your best and will allow you to feel confident and capable and proud of yourself. And it takes practice. We're not going to get it right all the time. And that's okay. As long as we continue trying, continue developing this skill and really honoring what our body's asking of us and really paying attention to how good our body and mind feels after we've made those choices. Because here's the actual truth of the situation. It isn't really about the food. It is about what you believe you will receive from eating that food. The focus is so often on the food and the experience of eating regardless of how the body is feeling in that moment. So first, we get to invite in curiosity about what some part of you believes it will receive from that food. If you eat in community, do you believe eating that food will support you in feeling more connected? If there's food you've never tried before, do you believe eating that food will quench some sort of sense of curiosity or variety in your food choices? If you eat a food during a highly emotional state, are you expecting to receive some sort of comfort or relaxation or calmness? If you eat a food you don't normally eat, are you expecting to receive this sense of pleasure or playfulness or joy? Like I said, it isn't really about the food. It really is about what we believe that food will give us. What are, what are we going to receive from eating that certain food in that moment? And this is where self-awareness is so key and where we get to be curious with ourselves and offer ourselves compassion in those moments to really understand where this is coming from. Where is this fear of missing out coming from? What do you expect that food to give you? Another piece that really needs to be addressed here is how our body experiences fear. I mean, it's right there in the word, the little acronym FOMO. It starts with fear. And when we have fear rushing through our bodies, we are experiencing an increase in heart rate, our cortisol levels go up, our blood pressure goes up. And the part of our brain that facilitates reasoning and judgment, our cerebral cortex becomes impaired. In these moments, we are in fight, flight, freeze. And it affects our ability to think clearly and make decisions. So the thought of eating the food becomes even more powerful. And then once we've eaten the food, we are now hit with the dopamine, the endorphins, the things that make us feel better. So now we have rewarded that neural pathway and our brain's going to continually want to do that because our brains love to be efficient. 
They don't want to change. They don't want to try hard. They don't want to practice a pause and respond in a new way. They don't want to make a different choice. We feel like we are missing out on something. We have fear around it. And when we turn to food in those moments, because now our brain is not working at full capacity, our judgment isn't as strong, we're not able to use critical thinking in those moments, we then eat the food and reward that behavior. And the cycle goes around and around. As soon as you experience fear, the amygdala is part of your brain that's involved with starting this cascade of responses in your body. It's what starts firing up the cortisol and starts your heart rate going faster. And the amygdala is also involved in regulating our appetite. So our decision-making process is dampened and maybe foods we wouldn't normally eat or we wouldn't binge on. The reason we're reaching for them in those moments is to support the regulation of our body. Even though it uh, goes against what we want for ourselves and we are abandoning ourselves in those moments, it really is and has become this urge to reach for food to bring us comfort. That's why we do it in the first place. And the reason why I'm saying this is to really try to soften with yourself around this and really understand there are so many factors at play here, aside from just believing I'm addicted to food and this is just it for me and it's the only thing I have left that brings me joy and pleasure and comfort. No, we will forever always have options, but it's on us to be compassionate with ourselves through this. I mean, it feels like such a silly little acronym, FOMO, oh, food FOMO, like it's such a catchphrase. It's such a funny little saying that has somehow made its way into our dialect. But now that I've broken it apart, can you see how this truly does affect us and how this can affect your keto lifestyle? This is so much of what I hold my clients through on their journey because we need to heal our relationship with food. It's never going to be about willpower or thinking that we're weak in those moments. The situations where you're choosing food in a way that feels unconscious or disempowered or disconnected is really just an attempt to support yourself in regulating a dysregulated nervous system and supporting you in feeling safe. That's why we call them comfort foods. And so much of the work that we do allows us to get curious around these patterns, to inviting compassion for ourselves around it, and to work on creating new ways to offer ourselves this self-regulation. We practice new types of healing rituals or ways that we can feel connected to others outside of food so that we can resource ourselves in those moments where our mind and body are completely activated and we feel tempted to reach for food as the solution. The food will never be the solution. It will never allow us to get to where we truly want to go and when we experience this food FOMO, we are really just activating all of that within ourselves. 
and if we have other ways in which we can resource and regulate ourselves, then we are starting to take the power away from food and feel more empowered within ourselves. We begin to build this trust with ourselves. When we're feeling tempted by certain foods and we practice this pause and make a choice that does align with our intentions and goals, we feel more capable. We begin to trust ourselves more. And, you know, so much of what we're striving for on a keto lifestyle is weight loss and to feel healthy in our body and to heal our relationship with food. And I can promise you, in those moments, when you make that choice that actually does serve you, you begin to feel more capable. And that makes you start to feel better about yourself and have more confidence within yourself. And the weight loss becomes the byproduct of making those choices. In those moments where we're telling ourselves we're missing out on something, we can practice self-talk around the fact we've had those foods before, we know what it tastes like, we know how we feel afterwards, we know the amount of shame and guilt and regret we put on ourselves afterwards, and maybe I don't have it this time. Maybe. In the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, a study actually showed that when people said, I can have it some other time to themselves, it lessened the value of that food and allowed them to postpone eating it. This is also what I practice with my clients all the time, that you can have carbs sometimes and live a keto lifestyle and get all of the benefits of that lifestyle because we can have those foods again. It's simply our mind and our patterned thinking that believes it has to be all or nothing. That I have to have all the carbs and sugar this weekend before my keto diet starts on Monday because I'm never going to eat them again. Well, what if we just simply remove this idea that you're never going to have it again? How much ease could that invite into the process by simply postponing it? By saying, I will have those foods again, but for today, I'm going to make this choice because it's going to make me feel my best. It's going to make my body feel good, my mind feel good. I'm going to start moving towards the progress I want to be making and let that be enough. Another simple phrase that we can practice telling ourselves instead of saying, no, I'm not allowed to have that, we could try switching our response to maybe later. And that can really lessen this magical image around that food. Well, maybe later I can have it. I can have it some other time. That way we don't feel like there's so much negativity swirling within us, so much chaos swirling around inside of us that we're never going to have these foods again. Or could we practice using mindful portions of certain foods when we're in these moments with friends or family or whatever? Because the truth is, the first three bites of any food are the most satisfying. So if you do want to have something that's higher carb, 
Maybe we practice reducing our portion size. Maybe we try only having three bites of that food and either share the rest, put it away, throw it away, whatever that looks like. But just know that I have had that thing, I've enjoyed it, and now I'm ready to move on. We don't have to layer on the guilt, shame, and judgment because that just spirals us into reaching for more of those foods. But just remember, the first three bites of any food are the most satisfying. And where could we maybe practice some mindful portion control? Where can we practice being fully present and connected with our loved ones outside of food? This is something that I personally use. As I mentioned before, when I first started keto, I would go to my cottage weekends and there would be all the foods on offer and I would stay keto. I would just have meat and vegetables. I would have eggs and bacon for breakfast. And what I realized was the food didn't matter. It wasn't the food that actually made me feel connected to my family. It was simply being in their presence and creating memories with them and moments with them outside of the dinner table that allowed me to realize that it actually has nothing to do with the food. Of course, this also took me physically showing my mother, who is one of those moms that shows their love through food, literally holding up my full plate of food to show her, like, I'm okay. Like, you have provided that love to me. And I have made choices that align with what I want for myself within what you've provided for me so that she could feel peace around what I was doing, living this keto lifestyle. And I got to feel peace within the process, knowing that I'm not obligated to eat anything that I don't want to. No one is putting the food in your mouth. That is always going to be your choice. And we don't have to allow this idea that food is the only thing that connects us for us to feel connected to the people that we love. And finally, when we are feeling strong emotions like sadness or grief or anything that really brings us a lot of internal discomfort, we need to practice feeling that discomfort. We need to allow ourselves to move through it so that we can let it go. So often we're using food to avoid our problems, to numb our emotions, to run away from what it is we're experiencing. But when we are able to sit with it and allow those emotions to be there, we are now able to practice some deep breaths. We are allowed to resource ourselves in a new way, do some sort of healing practice or ritual, even if it's just getting up from the table and taking some deep breaths outside or holding hands with a loved one, whatever it is that can allow that nervous system to regulate, to allow ourselves to feel more calm in that moment when we're making that choice, we are now able to come from an empowered place. And we are able to make empowered decisions for ourselves. 
for the best version of ourselves, for our future self, for the person we truly are meant to become. It takes practice. It takes time. It takes patience. This is a skill we need to develop, but it's possible and you are capable. And the more we do this, the easier it gets. And one of the most beautiful things that this keto lifestyle does afford us is it helps us stabilize our blood sugar so that we're not climbing up that roller coaster and then crashing down and then reaching for food and craving things. It really gives us an opportunity to hone in on our true hunger and to eat foods that are nourishing and satiating and satisfying, not false pleasures and fake foods and things that really just aren't going to allow our body to heal and feel healthy within our body, mind, and soul. And there is a keto-friendly alternative for just about anything out there. We have options. We don't need to buy into this belief that we're missing out on what we know is unhealthy foods. And that's not to say we can never have them again, but maybe later, maybe another time. I know what that tastes like. I know what that feels like. I know how I treat myself after I've had these foods. And I don't need to do that all the time. The more we are able to practice using some of these strategies to really decrease this food anxiety, this fear of missing out, we are now heading on a pathway towards food freedom where we can remain in control around food and choose when we have these things from that conscious place. It really can feel liberating. We can allow ourselves to feel liberated by making good, healthy, keto-friendly choices and show ourselves how capable we are and show up for ourselves and not abandon ourselves in the moment every single time there's food put in front of us that may or may not be what we truly want for ourselves. What are we actually missing out on? Think about it for a moment. What are we actually missing out on? Health struggles? Um, not feeling in control around food? Feeling like we're letting people down based on a food choice? Think about it, really, for yourself. There's no judgment here. There's no shame here. But we do have to invite in this curiosity around what we believe this food is giving us. What do we expect it to give us? What do we expect to receive from eating these things? Where can I start practicing noticing other areas of my life that make me feel that way? Or where do I feel connected to my loved ones in other ways outside of food? And how can I resource myself to downregulate my stress so that in those moments, I'm still making choices that truly align with where I'm at, where I want to go, and who I am meant to become. I hope you found this episode helpful. If you have any questions or want any clarity, or if this episode really resonated with you, click on the Connect with Stephanie button down in the show notes. 
If you are interested in linking arms with me so I can hold space with you as we navigate this journey together, you can apply for a free consultation down in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Thanks so much for listening, pal. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to spend it with me, and I hope you found this episode helpful. If you have any questions or want clarity around anything you heard today, or if you just want to share what came up for you, check out the show notes and click on Connect with Stephanie. This is directed straight to my inbox where I personally answer every single message and question that comes in. I'm ready to hold space for you and help you move forward on your keto journey. Until then, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Mm -hmm.